Welcome to Moments in Truth. I am your host, G.T. Stikes. The purpose of Moments in Truth is to give you a few minutes of encouragement by providing simple truths from God's Word, identified and explained from a biblical worldview. And we are continuing our series on learning to love one another through the many one another verses provided in Scripture. And these passages are intended to teach gospel believers how to love and encourage each other within the body of Christ. Now, today's passage, I can see right now, is going to be a challenge. But it is important for us to think the way that Jesus intended for us to think so that we can be a help and encouragement to other gospel believers. So the passage that we are looking at today is in Romans chapter 12, verses 10 through 13. I invite you to grab your Bible and look at it with me. If not, just listen along. But Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 10, says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. All right, let's take a few minutes and break this passage down into smaller bits. Now, as it begins, be kindly affectionate. Now, let's start with being kind. What does it mean to be kind? Well, kindness is defined as the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Now, what does affectionate mean? Affectionate is readily feeling or showing fondness or tenderness. You know, tenderness is being sensitive to others, to their pain, to their needs, and so on. Now, being kindly affectionate to one another, okay? So make note that the text does not say if you decide to be kindly affectionate. It simply says be kindly affectionate. Now, this is not a choice. This is a command. Now, in order for us to accept God's commands, we need to humble ourselves before God and acknowledge that his way is greater than our way, whether we fully understand it or not. Now, back to our text. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Now, brotherly love here is taken from the Greek word Philadelphia, and it means to love someone like you would love a brother or sister. Now, some of us may have not grown up in a very loving household where we may not love our brother and sister so tenderly. So let's say that this love is a kind of love in how the Bible instructs us to love a brother or sister. It's with kindness, gentleness, affection, tenderness, and a great deal of love and respect. Well, let's continue here. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. So honor here in the Greek means to value someone or something. A high value at that. This is something precious. Giving high value to someone and giving them preference over others. Now notice that we are to give this high value, you know, this high esteem to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are to give them preference over others. Now, I think a lot of times we approach Scripture and we make the assumption that we'll follow God's command generally and that it's no big deal and it's not that difficult. But here, through the love one another commands, 
we see not only what God wants us to do, but how he wants us to change our thinking towards one another. And notice the text doesn't say when you enter into the church. Now, this isn't at all talking about the way that we need to think or act when we enter into the church building. This is talking about in our lives, through our lifestyle. Now, let's keep going. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence. Now, diligence is working hard continually, having a very good work ethic about whatever you are doing. In other words, don't just be kindly affectionate every once in a while, but keep at it. So not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, which means that you have a zeal or a great enthusiasm for pursuing what is good. So not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Serving the Lord is to be humbly obedient to him, to obey him, to submit to his will over your own. Now, before we move on in this passage, I want us to stop here for just a moment because this passage is painting quite a picture, some that seems already difficult to achieve. Some of us may already be shaking our heads, questioning how in the world are we supposed to achieve this? Well, We know that God always makes a way for us to do the things that he has called us to do. Remember, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, you can do all things that God gives you the strength to accomplish. And remember, we are being called as a group to do these things. Yes, we are individually serving and honoring God, but we are not being asked to do something that God is not already asking every other gospel believer to do. And I think there is a position of something here that it it makes it easier that we often confuse. I'm guilty myself of doing things in the past that was for others through my own efforts to please and to care for others in my own strength, in my own focus. You know, I wasn't doing it for God per se. I felt like I was obeying, but I was only putting forward what I thought was the expectations of my own to fill my earthly quota, in a sense. Now, God wants us to obey him the way that he guides us to obey him, for him, to please him, and not to please ourselves or to please other people. Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 through 24, speaks on this. It says, Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Now, when we do these things simply to meet an expectation, we have the wrong focus. And we will never really be satisfied because we are not serving God to our fullest potential. We're just working off our checklist for what we think is most important to accomplish. God wants us to be that servant that is willing to accomplish anything through obedience that he gives us to do. And for us to take joy and pleasure in it. 
Well, let's continue. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. Now, this is taking joy in the one that provides real hope, Jesus Christ. We rejoice to be able to serve him by loving and caring for others. Well, next is patient in tribulation. Now, it's easy to rejoice in hope, but it's very difficult to be patient in tribulation. The word that we get tribulation here from the Greek means a kind of pressure or a pressing together. You know, we might even think of it as a a pressure headache because we are going through a very tough time. And some of us relate that to being going through a headache. You know, oh man, today was such a headache of a day. You know, this tribulation is anguish. It is trouble. It is a burden. It is affliction. Now be patient within it means to be steadfast within it, to be unmovable, Even though the tribulation may be rocking our boat of life very hard, we are to stand and hold our ground and be brave regardless of how hard the waves hit us. Now make note, before the text tells us to be patient in tribulation, it prepares us by telling us to rejoice in hope. And the more that we rejoice and focus on the love of our Savior, the more that we can stand firm without drowning. You know, this makes me think of Peter walking out to Jesus on the water. He stood firm until he focused on the storm of life, the tribulation, and then he began to sink. But when he was constantly focusing on Jesus, rejoicing in his hope, he was able to stand firm even on ground that was not firm. This is what rejoicing in hope can do for you. Now, the next piece here is continuing steadfastly in prayer. So rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Now, there is power in prayer. Now, years ago, I remember hearing the Through the Bible broadcast on AM radio with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. And in every episode, he would say, prayer changes things. Now, prayer does change things. And you know what changes the most? The person who is praying. Prayer allows us to enter into communion with God. That's a a very precious place. It is a beautiful and wonderful thing that God has allowed us to do, to be able to communicate with him. And he tells us in the Bible that he hears us, that he listens to us, and that he answers us. Now, in order for the gospel believer to accomplish what God wants them to, we need to start with prayer. And we need to continue in prayer and we need to finish in prayer. And this is steadfast prayer, which means that it keeps going without giving up. All right, so rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, and distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. All right, now up to this point, we've really been looking at our attitudes and our efforts towards each other. But this last part is identifying real sacrifice and giving up of your own personal possession. In the early New Testament church, gospel believers sacrificed for each other. They sold their land. They gave up their first possessions. Now make note, I said first possessions, not their second, okay? Now today, many of us have a second something that we still don't want to part with. Gospel believers in the early church recognize that God created everything, and he gives everything. 
and he allows us to give of what we have to bless others. Now, here in our text today, we are being invited to do the same. When there is a gospel believer that you know of that has a need that you can meet, don't just pray for them. Do something about the need. Now, first pray how you might fulfill it, and then make a plan of action. If the need is big, you may need to involve other believers, but get to work in helping to be a blessing and meet that need. And then be hospitable. This is friendly and welcoming to others, even strangers. Your first Peter 4, 9 says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. In other words, take joy in the opportunity to be hospitable. Now, again, our text today is Romans chapter 12, verse 10 through 13. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Now, I challenge you to meditate on this passage and work on putting it into action. Let me pray for you today. Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray for the listeners. I pray, Lord, that you would give them strength and help as they work on meditating this passage today and working on putting it into practice in their lives. Lord, we know that as we're looking at these love one another passages, they are not so easy. Some of them can be quite difficult, Lord, but I know that they're important because you gave us uh, these verses in your word and, and you repeat many of them over and over again to tell us, hey, we need to have this unity of spirit between gospel believers. We need to be loving each other and caring for each other and taking care of each other. Lord, I pray for the listeners today that they would work on being kindly affectionate, that they would be loving as a family towards other gospel believers and even others in their lives. I pray, Lord, that they would give preference to other gospel believers. I pray, Lord, that they would serve the Lord and each other. I pray, Lord, that they would be patient in tribulation and difficulties, even with other people in their Christian family, Lord. I pray, Lord, for them that they would be steadfast in prayer for each other. I pray, Lord, that they would be helping and caring for the needs of others. And Lord, I pray that you would help us not to set this passage aside with the thought that this is impossible. But let us instead make every effort to work on and apply these truths so that we may be used more for your purpose and your glory. I pray, Lord, that you would give continual encouragement to the listeners today. Help them as they approach the different obstacles of life. Help them to overcome through your uh, glory, Lord, as they put their faith in you. In your name I pray these things. Amen. Well, don't miss the next episode of Moments in Truth as we continue to be studying our love one another passages. We are going to be looking at forgiveness. God forgave us. Jesus forgave us forgiveness. How are we supposed to pay that forward and forgive others? Don't miss out. Well, thank you for listening to Moments in Truth with G.T. Stites. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to today's podcast. We would love for more people to hear the truth of God's word. You can help us reach more people by sharing, following, and subscribing to this podcast. Please be sure to check today's show notes for links to any additional resources, encouragements, and how you can help with this ministry. 